The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. We are here to give out some awards, mid-season or maybe end of season, who knows, superlatives, and talk about some breaking news at the top. So joining me today, let's bring them in one by one. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are we doing? We're hanging. How are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm improving slowly. I, I've I've uh, I've got a uh, coronavirus like. You know how everybody puts their um, their outfits on Twitter, like for the week. <laughs> what am I trying to say? They're scripting, like, like your script, yeah. My scripting for coronavirus is pretty much the same thing every day, and it and it includes a hat and sweatpants and a t-shirt, and that's about it. I think I've worn the same pair of pants for like a week straight, which is where, <laughs> where we're at right now. Uh, let's also bring in Mark Immelman. Mark, I imagine uh, you are changing pants at this point. I, we're not. I think you are. Pants, dude. I'm impressed. <laughs> I've been in pajamas for like four days straight. <laughs> uh, sweatpants I haven't graduated to. I have done the basketball shorts once or twice because... It's getting a little warm and toasty down here in Georgia, although the last few days have been a little cooler, which has been nice. So some rain has calmed the pollen down. So, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a state of unshavenness, uh, pajamas, long sleeve T-shirts, which is kind of my bent when I'm not uh, on a golf course. I saw a tweet that said, you know, usually uh, when it's laundry day and I'm out of laundry, I put my sweatpants on. Now I'm out of laundry and I've got to put jeans on. Because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like it, that's too real that hits too close to home for me um all right so here's what we're going to do gentlemen we've got some uh season superlatives player of the year we've got some fun stuff but literally uh hot off the presses just coming down the pipe here we found out the 2020 tokyo olympics have been postponed uh kyle let's start with you i mean i think this was natural we kind of knew this was coming but at least for another year justin rose will be hanging on to that gold medal <laughs> it's, it's never going to end. It's never going to end with Justin Rose. It's going to be the perpetual gold medal winner at the Olympics. I'm like, he won the U.S. Open at Marion. <laughs> Let's talk about that. No, I refuse. Uh, yeah, it's uh, – you know what's bad during a pandemic is bringing in millions of people from every country in the world <laughs> to the same location and piling them on top of each other. The Olympics – has long been not going to happen, and today was pretty much just the the formal announcement of it. Yeah, and Mark, I mean, obviously, th this is all the news we have, and how this impacts all of the sports and golf will, you know, yet to be determined. 
Uh, I suppose whenever this ends up being played, I don't know how they will do the the scoring, how they'll decide who gets into the Olympics. It, there are a lot of logistics to work out, but for now, we are uh, we're on pause. Yeah, I'm with Kyle. It's uh, one of those things where you file it in, in the file that you knew was going to happen. I mean, truth, uh, last night I was awake at like 1 a.m. I'm part of the uh, Arnold Palmer Cup International Selection Committee. And we had to finalize our final three selections for the team for the Arnold Palmer Cup, which is supposed to take place here in late summer over at La Hinch. But we all sort of know, okay, this is unlikely. So we get the call done. We pick the final team. Uh, it's like 1.45, 1 just before 2 a.m. in the morning. And I'm still a bit wired from the call. So I'm scrolling through social media, which is a bad idea at that time <laughs> of the day, I've got to tell you. That's worse than the... Worse than the old, um, you know, when you get on those shopping channels. And then I looked and I saw the little feed where, you know, someone from the IOC had said, no, we're going ahead, we're going ahead. So I was like, okay, well, we're going ahead. Then all of a sudden you guys fill me in. So, um, yeah, I, I, I surprised, not really. Um, I, obviously a smart choice, especially with Japan being close to, uh, to the epicenter of it all. For sure. My, my mom always told me nothing good happens after midnight, and that certainly applies to Twitter <laughs> these days. Um, so let's let's jump into this. We've got season superlatives. So we've got a handful of categories. Some are ones you've heard of. Some are ones that producer Jacob made up this morning, <laughs> and we'll figure out where to go from here. But let's start with, I'm going to flip the script. We're going to go with rookie of the year first. So we are looking at this from 2019-2020 uh, season, and I'll give you a handful of nominees for this award, gentlemen, we've got Victor Hovland, Harry Higgs, Scotty Scheffler, and Maverick McNeely. I'm going to hold on to my ballot for a second. And Kyle Porter, let's start with you for your midseason or season so far, however you want to talk about this, Rookie of the Year. Well, let's let's start here. Let's start with Mark saying, Kyle, you go first every time so I can just copy your answers, <laughs> which is, you know, that's about that sounds about right. Uh, I already I, know who you're going to pick in this category. So go, should I make the call for you? You you actually don't. Uh -oh. I'm going to I'm going to flip the script on you and I'm going uh, I'm going Scotty Shuffler. Ah, man, knock me over with a feather. <laughs> I think he's had. Look, Victor Hovland won. I think Victor Hovland long-term is probably going to be the better player. But I, I think Scotty Shuffler's proven more this year. He's got four top tens. You know, Hovland's win, it was nice, but it wasn't uh, a primary event. It was it was an opposite field event. Uh, and and I think I think Hovland's been – I think he's been good, but I think Shuffler's just been better. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Scotty Shuffler, Rookie of the Year. Uh can we first name this award? What is it, like a firsty or a first cutty? What's this thing called, guys? What, what is the trophy we're handing out you? A firsty? That's pretty first? good. I like first cutty. First, first cutty. Cut. <laughs> the cutties. Uh, whatever it is. Um, and I'm in my Arnold Palmer Cup selection mode mindset now where, you know, I wish I could have seen a head-to-head -head because they're both deserving of the award because to win on the PGA Tour, we say this weekend and week out that it's really difficult to do. But Scheffler, with 19 starts, made 11 cuts, four top tens, best of third. 11 of 13 cuts made as a rookie, that's pretty stout. Where Hovland has made six of nine. So uh, just on consistency's sakes and the fact that right now, if the season had to end, I hope not it doesn't, but he's 19th in the FedEx Cup points. That means he makes it to the Tour Championship. And the Tour Championship is what they all aim for. So uh, I'm going with Scheffler in this too. 
And Scheffler is, uh, if we're going strokes gain, which you know I love to do, Mark, uh, he's 26 in strokes gain, just ahead of Tommy Fleetwood, just ahead of Matt Kuchar, just ahead of Billy Horschel, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler. Uh, Victor Hovland is 100th. Maverick, Maverick McNeely is 39th. And, and some of that's hard because you, you know, they didn't all play the same events. But look, you're 26 in strokes gain halfway through the year. That's a, that's a freaking good year. Hey, I just, uh, I'm going to drop a name. Not, well, I, I, no, I'm not going to. But I spoke with the PGA Tour player this morning, and I said, okay, what's the goals? And, and all it was was one of the goals is always to make it to the final 30, the Tour Championship in Atlanta, right? Strokes gain doesn't get you in there. 19th on the FedEx Cup points list is, is, is what I'm going with right now. I love it. Not to, uh, to completely... Ch- derail this train one one first cutty in but i was looking at the uh who would be in the tour championship right now and who would be out and there are a lot of big names on the outside looking in that you know bank on these uh these summer tournaments and all that stuff as we as we head into major season we would have uh you know sung J M leading the fedex cup cup points right now lanto is in there sebastian munoz is in there it would uh it'd be quite interesting if we were at east lake tomorrow it certainly would uh I was asked this morning too because I made some golf swing quip. You know, I was trying to be all smart, and the and the microphone was turned on me to say, "Well, explain Sung JM now." And we were talking about pace of backswing versus downswing, and all I could basically go was, "Well, you know, he does have the slower backswing, but he's so impeccable in terms of change of direction, and he just does everything so well. He's so balanced." And I kind of sounded like uh, Rick Gaiman for a while there, just. <laughs> just absolutely singing sung jm's praises i think we should just give him all the awards now deal before before we move on mark you're, you're telling me that fedex cup points are more important to you than strokes gained yes oh my god <laughs> so <clears throat> here's a scenario for you okay somebody plays in every event finishes you know, they just rack up all these FedEx Cup points. Mm-hmm. And somebody else plays in three events, Terrell Hatton. What's Terrell Hatton in the FedEx Cup? Somebody look that up for me. He's, he, he, can't be, he can't be that high. He's, He's played in 14th. two events. Okay, well, that's a bad example. But... <laughs> 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 it's because he's got the, he got the win in uh you know the five or was it six hundred points five hundred points five hundred. Yeah. Is there anybody ahead of him that, ha- that that's like a not a? My point is Terrell Hatton's gaining three strokes per round, which is an historically great number, mm-hmm. and that that points to like I just I I can't accept the FedEx Cup points over the strokes gain. I hear what you're saying because look, if you're gaining strokes, you're obviously gaining strokes on the field. But 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 in the end, uh, let, let's just make it economic now, right? I, there is a prize. I don't know what the amount is at the end of the season if you're leading each category. I'm not sure what that is. If you're leading the FedEx Cup points at the end of it all, that's worth fifteen million dollars. All right, that's not to be scoffed at. Um, a lot of contracts nowadays are based on world ranking points and FedEx Cup points. No one ever, unless you're some long driver and they're like, okay, if you're leading the strokes gained off the T category and you're using the X driver, there's a bonus for you. So, so, so from, from a professional standpoint, that's why I, I sway that way. From an instructor, I'm going to look at the numbers you reference because that's going to guide work. But the golfer in the end is graded by his score and where he is on the uh, on the rankings 
So Wanto Griffin eighth, Sebastian Munoz ninth in the FedEx uh, the FedEx Cup rankings. Mm-hmm. Ranked behind those guys, Bryson, Adam Scott, John Rahm, Terrell Hatton, Brendan Todd's fourth, as our producer Jacob just pointed out. So are you telling me those guys like Adam Scott and John Rahm have, are are having worse seasons than Lonto Griffin and Sebastian Munoz? Uh, how many victories have they had? Those guys you point out. They've each had one. Have they? What is so, Bri- uh, uh, Griffin? Won championships event. You're right. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not saying so. Actually, but... actually Patrick Reed won. We've lost control. Can we get back to the awards, please, Rick? <laughs> I'm, Rick, I'm, be the host I'm, now. I'm breaking you down here, Mark. <laughs> uh, we, we've got plenty of off season or hiatus time to dive deeper into this. We'll continue. So we'll make it a clean sweep. Scotty Scheffler will take home the first, first cutty of the day as rookie of the year. And I want to kind of continue down this path because there are a couple of names that popped up there that I think would be an interesting candidate for the next award, which is comeback player of the year. Now I will I actually only think there's really one name here. We we just mentioned him very quickly, Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think it's Brendan Todd. I mean, the guy the guy has already won twice. If you love the FedEx Cup standings, he's fourth there. And you know, it, it's been a really difficult stretch of golf and challenging golf for him over the last couple of years. To me, I think this is a, a slam dunk. Yeah, it is. Uh, ordinarily, if I understand it correctly, the Comeback Player of the Year award. And you were supposed to ask Kyle for this one first, but I'll go. Sorry. Ahead. Um, <laughs> the, the the comeback player is for players who come back from injury or, or some sort of a dilemma. Um, Todd just was honestly playing badly. I, I, I think there may have been injury involved, but I, I'm, I'm going to give him the award too because where he was uh, with his game, with his confidence, to where he is now with two victories and, and just a, a, a career-defining season because before then the, he had had the one PGA Tour victory, but have, to have two in just a few weeks – that is a monumental achievement. So I'm I'm Brendan Todd as well. Kyle. Yeah, I think I think Brendan Todd obviously makes sense there, even though he's a hundredth in strokes gain, uh, Mark. <laughs> he uh, you know the other it, the other name that I had written down here was uh, and this like I get that this isn't going to make a lot of sense, but Josh Teeter just for what he did in in uh, in Puerto Rico going up against. Um, against Victor Hovland, if he wins that tournament and, and again, like it's not an injury thing. He's just, he just, you know, he's a journeyman. He doesn't play elite level golf in terms of winning tournaments. And for him to come that close to winning. And I, I don't know, he, he was just kind of a name that, uh, that popped out to me, but if we're going injury, I mean, technically coming back from injury, I know he's only played two, events. two or three, two or three times, but He's been unbelievable so far, and I, I feel bad for him just getting this this season kind of taken out from under him. That's a good call, man. Yeah, so Hatton's technically – so he's got obviously overseas and, and world stuff here, and he won it in, in Turkey at the end of last year. But his like 2020 season, there's only four events on the PGA Tour. It's T6 at the CJ Cup, T14 at WGC HSBC. T6 at WGC Mexico, and then the win at Arnold Palmer. That, that's like some uh, real legit resume stuff four events in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, real Ryder Cup implications if and when that ever, you know, whenever it happens. All right, let's move on to 
the big boy, the big kind of standard award before we have a little fun here, PGA Tour Player of the Year. So I think we can narrow this down to generally a short list, but it's not like last season, gentlemen, where we can break ties with majors or not break ties with majors. So we've got to kind of look at what these guys have done in a shortened season. Kyle, I'm, uh, I know I have to start with you on this. Where are you going, PGA Tour Player of the Year? Well, I think I think Sungjae's got a case. I think Terrell Hatton actually has a case, even though he hasn't played that much. I think Adam Scott has a case. Mm. Uh, I got to go Rory, even though. Well, I guess he did win. He won in uh, he won in China. So that yeah, that makes it easy for me. He uh, he doesn't finish outside the top five. I think he's got six top fives on the year. I mean, he he is. I don't even think it's close right now. He's the best golfer in the world. So that that to me is a. I mean, it's certainly much easier than last year when you had to do some uh, mathematical yeah, gymnastics gained. Yeah. To to get him to get him ahead of Brooks, which actually happened. Uh, but yeah, this was, we did that. This, this one's easy. It's it's Rory as player of the year. So, Mark, I, I don't disagree with this by any stretch of the imagination, but JT, I mean, JT's got two wins. He won uh, the yeah. CJ Cup and the Tournament of Champions. He leads the money list. He's fifth in strokes gained. Is it is it all about the six for six and top fives with Rory? Uh, you know what? This is this one was hard for me. Um, yeah. You know, the way McElroy's playing right now, the way he ascended to the number one ranking in the official world golf rank, um, just the dominance, and, and we've talked about it. it, it's more than the golf. I mean, he is the, the the top, the alpha dog right now. I mean, even on social media, everyone's gunning for him on the peloton. So he's setting the bar everywhere. But Justin Thomas makes a massive case to your observations, and, and, and I honestly am torn. So if, if I was doing the tiebreaker, I would say, just looking at body of work, he's played, Rory's at all these top fives, and, and this is hard for me. But eight events for Justin Rose, uh, Justin Thomas. He's played a couple more events. The two victories, five top tens. Uh, I, I'm and, and he's and he's leading the money list, and he's above Rory on the FedEx Cup. I, I'm I'm gonna just I'm giving it to Thomas by a nose, but I'm doing so biting my my the inside of my cheek while I'm doing it. Do you do the Peloton, Mark? <laughs> uh, I don't have one at home. I, w- I wish I did, especially now. Yeah, it it looks it looks. Difficult. It, looks it is difficult, man. I, at the gym we go to, we've got one. My wife whips me every single time, and I'm still on the beginner levels, to be honest with you. <clears throat> that's, these that's, guys talking about this output, if I get to like 200, I'm killing it. That's unsurprising that your wife just smokes you. Um, the, <laughs> it, the Justin Thomas call is a good one. I, I somehow, I mean, I didn't even really do research on this because <laughs> Rory would... Rory was such an obvious. Thanks pick. for the preparation. <laughs> I did. I did research on the other ones, but not this one. Uh, Look, you were going to give I, it to Spieth. Okay, I've got yeah, Spieth later on. Yeah, um, we've got time for that. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot JT won twice. I forget about the fall stuff. I'm, I, I, I'm so like I don't know for whatever reason I separate, and maybe it was a Presidents Cup or whatever, but I, I'm just separated from January one on, and so you know when I'm thinking about JT, I'm thinking okay three top tens and a win, but he's also missed two cuts. Uh, so uh, yeah, anyway, well, I, I'm in, in 2020. Okay. All right. So uh, I was leaning JT as well. So this sounds like JT is the winner of the first Cuddy PGA tour player of the year market. Down. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get a little, we're, we're going a little rogue here. We're going to get a little more fun. Uh, so we're going to start with this one. It's called most style. 
on my outline here. So this can be any player on any tour. Kyle is up to you. This could be swag. It could be fashion. Kyle, you're first up for the first cutty on most style. Yeah, he, here's where I went with this because I couldn't give him any other award. I wanted to give Terrell Hatton something. And style here, it's not it's not the way he dresses, it but it, it's it's his it's the theater. It's it's the entertainment surrounding him. I mean, I go back to the shotgun that he pulled over uh like the <laughs> or the uh the the 11th hole at uh at Bay Hill. He's just firing at fake uh you know discs going out over the lake there i mean it was he's he's must see tv whenever he's near the lead or whenever i mean at any point when he's struggling whatever i'm tuning in to watch trail hatton so i i i went with him for this one all right that's pretty good mark what say you uh you know there's so many guys with style i mean justin thomas uh, you know he's quite sartorial in the way he puts it together mcelroy always looks sharp i was going just pure from the looks point of a view i wasn't taking in the uh, showmanship of it all when I'd considered this award. Um, the, I, 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 you know what? I, I, I want to, everything in me, I, I want to recognize Tiger Woods because he's trying his very best to bring back that, that blade sort of collar thing. And he's trying to, he's pulling it off there as a, a, a mid forties guy. Uh, Billy Horschel always looks good, but Lanto Griffin, that guy's shoe game is killing it week in and week out. And with a name like Lanto, you've got to back it up somewhere. And so, with the shoes, with the, the the sleek pants and the outfits and such, and he's not afraid of color either. I'm going to give it to Lanto Griffin. Okay, it's funny, Mark. You went with the shoe game because that's kind of where I start here too. I'm like, all right, who wears the coolest shoes, or who takes the most risks? Whether it's Ricky with the high tops, we've seen Jason Jason Day wear some Jordans. Um, I'll tell you who it's not. I don't know what this is because I love everything about Justin Thomas, but the fact that he has like he has like that very old school look for being twenty something, and he wears like those what are those shoes called, Mark? Like the not like the wing saddle tip. shoes. Okay, wing yeah, tips. Like the wing tips. Yeah, uh, like I just cannot. I, I do not like anything that JT wears. <laughs> I, I, I love this. I love his shoes. I think they're great. So I'm 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 against you, Rick. Well, well look, I mean, to the wingtips, uh, JT's got the more classic look. Lanto Griffin does those babies in like iridescent colors and stuff. So you must yeah. check those things out. They are they are trend setting. That's that's what I'm about. Okay, so so Lonto is in. There's a photo of JT coming up in our in our in our chat there. Uh, Terrell Hatton, very stylish, kind of swaggy type of type of golfer. So we'll have to decide on who gets that. But um, this is an interesting one. Best of the left, gentlemen. So we're describing this as top lefty golfer, any player, any tour. So you can dig pretty deep here. Uh, Kyle, best of the left, hit me. Yeah, I went with uh, I went with Bubba Watson. That's easy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. <laughs> so he he went T uh, six at Farmers, T three at uh, Phoenix, T eighteen in Mexico. You know he 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 had a bad year last year. I think he, we've probably talked about that a little bit on here, but he was not good in twenty nineteen. And um, I, I mean he so he played let's see twenty three events last year. Only three top tens, six missed cuts, drops to 47 in the world, and uh, he kind of bounced back at the beginning of the year. You know, it's not he, – he did miss a couple of cuts in there, missed a cut at, at API, but I thought he had a really good beginning to the season. And, uh, you know, unless you're going with the Wizard, he seems like a, an obvious choice. I am going with Bubba 
two, but I want to give an honorable mention to the wizard. I mean, Ted Potter, you got a nickname, the wizard. That that is just worth some recognition. So, so Bubba for me, but 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 you got to love the wiz. I'm going to buy stock. So here's what I'm doing. I don't like any of these lefties. Uh, I don't want any of them. I'm looking long term. You know, I, I want Cody Gribble or someone like that. <laughs> I want my retirement plan in Akshay Batia. That's his name, right? He's yeah. like 17 years old. Huh? You know, he'll, he'll be around, I'm hoping. So I would rather forego the known entities of Phil, of Bubba. I'm not in on Robert McIntyre. I'm not in on Cody, Cody Gribble. I'm going with Akshay. What about Rick Lamb? <laughs> that was good. That sounded like we had a soundboard. I've, we should yeah, get well, a soundboard. In, in, my, in my former radio career, I, I did that a few times. In fact, my producer dared me on the air because I had him and he was playing well in the first round. He goes, I dare you to say he's five under par. So I did. <laughs> That's I good. I kind of like Robert McIntyre. What do you not like about him, right? Uh, I just like it, it's this is the weird thing where it's kind of known entity versus the unknown. And you can be very solid and be the 67th ranked player in the world, which I think he is right now, and be like, okay, that's great. But like, I don't know what his upside is. So even though it might be wrong to take the unknown entity of someone like Akshay, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I know what Robert McIntyre, he actually, he's actually about to pass Phil in the official world golf rankings at some point here. Are you calling him? Are you actually, are you, <laughs> are you, are you calling Robert McIntyre the Scottish, uh, Charles Howell the third? Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't have his, I don't have his, uh, results up there, but like, what's his, what's his ceiling? What, when's the last time he, I don't even know. I think Charles Howell III has been ranked between 57 and 63 for like nine years. I would believe that. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. I, and and look, like an an unreal living and career. And you can go out to eat and it's the best. Um, but it just, every time I look him up, it seems like he's ranked 61st or 58th. Yeah, I believe it. Okay, so best of the left, Bubba Watson is still the best of the left. We will check it out maybe next year and see where he stands on that list. This is one of my favorites because it prompted a YouTube, a couple YouTube videos being sent around. We're calling this the Brand Activation Award, gentlemen. This is, hey, these guys got to pay the bills. They got to they gotta wear the swag. They got to keep the sponsors happy. Um, I'm going to throw this name out there, uh, Walking Billboard Justin Rose. And the reason that I think it's Rose is because I probably would have never known what Hanma was until he switched until he switched clubs. Well, he rocks, that's gone, well right? now that's gone. Uh, he he rocks the the Morgan Stanley stuff. He's got the Mastercard commercials. Like to me, I just feel like Justin Rose providing his sponsors quite a bit of value. Okay, Kyle. Uh, I went with uh, Siwoo Kim for this. Ooh. Does because he have a PGA Tour sponsorship <laughs> or P he, Live Under Par? <laughs> he has he has Live Under Par <laughs> all over his gear. Well, I, I I don't I don't understand that. How how does that? That's like uh, oh, what's his name? Um, who was the guy that used to be sponsored by Major League Baseball? Yeah, Spencer Levine, right? Yeah, Spencer Levine, and also uh, there was somebody else that I can't think of. But which that's sort of weird, but I guess it makes sense because it's another sport. I don't understand being sponsored by the tour that is I, – I, I don't get it. How does that happen? What, this are, is, what am I missing? 
Mark, this is like when this happens in the UFC occasionally where like Ronda Rousey didn't have other sponsors. She was just like the UFC and she was on the cover of the video game and they like kind of used her in that way. I, I don't get the Major League Baseball one. I, I, I don't really get the PGA Tour one. Mark, uh, do you have any insight on how this works? I tell you what, only on the first cut will you hear the name Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Uh, we're, we're digging deep. Apparently, uh, I, you, I, you need to consider Patrick Cantlay. Uh, this after the big year he had last year, he's got a few yeah. more logos on him there. Um, he's got he's got the the club and ball manufacturer. He's got someone on the hat. He's got someone on the side of the hat. He's got the clothing sponsor. Um, but 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 also bear in mind, um, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank here right now. Uh, it's good stupid. research. That's good. I've got <laughs> I've got something. I've got something while you're looking that up. At what point does Ricky just go with the uh, the full NASCAR suit to where he just has like patches that are interchangeable? Yeah. Well, look, I mean that that Ricky Ricky I paid attention to, but the guy I was going to hit you with was Danny Willett. If you watch Willett, we can. He's like Podrick Harrington, and Harrington has got patches everywhere, and they change almost monthly. So so I'm going to give I'm going to offer Willett or Harrington, but don't forget Candler. I think I think I think uh, Patrick Harrington has been sponsored by some of those late night infomercials that you see on Golf Channel. Like, <laughs> I think he should get the award. Yeah, I, I think it should just be called the 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 Harrington Award. Do we think it's crazy that uh, Kyle Lucas Glover, his last name is Glover, and he doesn't wear a glove? Shouldn't he have a glove sponsorship? It's like when Terrell Hatton didn't wear a hat. <laughs> hat on, Terrell Hatton. Yeah. <laughs> just wish, I just wish Glover would change his name to G Lover. G Lover. There you go. That might open up some different sponsorship opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of, uh, Jacob just highlighted the fact that uh, Scott Piercy's not doing so well in this category there now. Scott Piercy would probably like that sponsorship money right now with the PGA Tour on hiatus. So yeah, not not ideal to drop a get get dropped by sponsors right now or any time I imagine. He's probably texting Siwoo to see how he got the PGA Tour. <laughs> yeah, who who does negotiate that? Like, come on, that's so good. I love it. Uh, all right, lots of good brand activation out there on the PGA Tour. Um, this one is this one's just for you, Kyle. We'll make this quick. This is actually the Kyle Porter Best Oklahoma State Pro Golfer Award. You're the only vote. You you get whatever say you want. It's yours, man. Well, <laughs> I'm so torn. He's so torn that he has to pick one. When I wish this thing was that the, the listeners could watch. Yeah. He's grinning so them. hard. This is the biggest he smiled since Corona was. <laughs> I. Uh... I, I don't, I don't know what to do here because, because Fowler's not been good, and you know Matthew Wolf has been kind of up and down. How's the, what's he like? Starts game. Well, there you go. Uh, I, I don't have a, I don't have it pulled up right now. Uh, you know the the guy that I sort of jokingly but but also kind of seriously threw out there on uh, via text to you guys was uh, Wyndham Clark. I don't know if he counts. Because he played his last year at Oregon, but uh, he's had a good year. Uh, Charles Howe's been okay. Yeah, I actually just looked. He's down to seventy-seven in the world, which is kind of low for him. Uh, I gotta go. I think I gotta go Hovland. You know, he got the win. He's had uh, a 
fairly solid rookie year. You know, I, I, I maybe expected a little bit more. His big struggle, and, and, you know, he joked about this after winning, he's just, he's been terrible around the greens. That's where he's lost so many of his strokes. Um, but he's been really good, obviously, off the tee and, and with his iron play. So if you can improve that, that play around the greens, you can get up into the top 50 in the world and, or top 50 on the PGA Tour in strokes game. So I'll go Hovland, but I don't feel like super great about it. I think you're all right. I think you got a lot of good options to choose from. That's probably a good one. So the Kyle Porter best Oklahoma State Pro Golfer Award is Victor Hovland. Mark it down. Uh, Mark, I'm actually going to start with you. I'm breaking the rules. I'm starting with you on the next one here. Mm-hmm. This is most entertaining or most quotable award. So you're out there. You you know you hear what these guys are saying all the time. Maybe on mic. Maybe on record or off record. Who of these guys is most entertaining or most quotable? Well, I'm going to, from personal experience here, um, you can sort of preempt interviews and, and when you go into the press room or when you talk to folks and, and certainly when you watch them play, uh, you know, that that's an aside. But, but just from interviewing folks, you sort of can preempt where they're going to go and you can sort of say, well, if I ask this question, they're likely to go here and then I'll follow that on. The one guy that I can't ever do that with is Phil Mickelson. <laughs> So I'm giving this award to Mickelson, and I will give a nod to Rory, who is emin- eminently quotable. But, 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 but Phil, just because you never really know what he's going to say. I love it. I love it. That's interesting. Yeah, some of these guys are kind of like I, I always thought of this Kyle for a long time about LeBron, and I love LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater, but I always felt like all of his answers had been run through his PR team first, and he was never going to say anything controversial. Now I think that he has grown, and and I don't feel that way anymore. But I feel some golfers kind of are still like that. Like to Mark's point, you know what they're going to say. So is there someone that stands out for you as kind of most entertaining, most quotable, or maybe most non pr <laughs> I mean, Rory's the obvious answer, which is somewhat ironic because he probably has the biggest, um, the biggest reason to have like a huge team of people around him. And he's like kind of the most open and available. But Rory aside, I, the guy that I was thinking about for this category and maybe – Maybe what happened at the Players' Championship is just kind of sticking in my head, or I I, I don't know. But uh, I think John Rahm has been, I think he's pretty good. Like when when you talk to him, when you interview him, I think he, um, I don't know. Sometimes he'll give you some some canned stuff, but he he seems pretty open in a way that most, you know, top four players in the world are not. I think Justin Thomas is pretty good too, but I, I went with Rahm for this category. I went a different way. Uh, I basically, you know, I don't, I don't encounter these guys. I see the press, the pe- press conferences on, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday or whatever they are. So I went with Max Homa for Twitter alone, and I just want to read like one or two of this guy's quotes. Mark, answer this question for me because it's a very important question mm-hmm. from Max Homa. Why does brushing your teeth over the kitchen sink feel so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just okay, a plug. This is gratuitous. Forgive me, but he, he came on my on the mark podcast the other day, and, and and I had to turn my microphone down often, you know, because <laughs> he he was dealing with some serious subjects, you know, coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour, really battling his game, having to switch instructors, and finding his way back to the victory, and 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 what was a serious thing? He he was he was so light about it, and and he just brought so much. So much humanism to the entire thing. I mean, he's so refreshing. And so, uh, you know what? You bring up Max Homer, and I can easily go that way. Although, for, still, you know, if I put a microphone in front of Max's mouth, he, you can see he wants to be naughty. 
<laughs> he's controlling himself where phil just is like okay i'm full i'm gonna say whatever i want i love it i love it mark i'll plug it for you on the mark podcast you're like 14 podcasts in 14 days or something right you're, you're yeah. knocking them out over there oh we're letting them go we've had some good ones coming out i've got some good ones coming up i've got uh webb simpson on deck i uh, pardon me not on deck i've got nick feldo on deck webb simpson's coming up uh, uh mark leishman had a great conversation with him cameron tringali came on and uh, and, and he's been talking about, you know, the massive, this is for Kyle, the the gains in strokes end off the tee. And this guy, over the last three seasons, has gained like 22 yards off the tee. It has been a fascinating story. And and so, yeah, we, we've got some fun guys that are, you know, and, and I appreciate the tour guys. I've reached out to a number of folks and some guys are like, sure, no problem. And other guys I still haven't heard from. Nice. Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Kyle, I like Homa because of that that self-deprecation that he, that he kind of puts out there. That's a good strategy to use. Uh, this final quote that I have from him, I don't use a green reading book because if I did, I wouldn't be able to blame my caddy when I miss. That's that's my kind of guy. <laughs> that's right out of the uh, that's right out of the tour sauce playbook. Uh, you, you, you always gotta, well, actually, you, you know, the, the move for him, I guess it's different with a green reading book, but the move is, you know, you fly the green and you start flipping through your yardage book. <laughs> like I, like what happened there? Yeah. Uh, or you can me. just go, yeah, you can go straight to the caddy. Both of those are, are, uh, you know, elite level professional moves. Yeah. I like when you check the bottom of the club to make sure you grabbed the right one. Like what numbers on here? Like that, that right. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, here are the two two final ones we've got here, and they're they're very similar but quite different. So we're gonna do stock up, stock down. So here we go. This is the stock up award. You know the the stock market right now, unfortunately, on discount. It's on sale. So whose stock, Kyle Porter, and I am dangerously afraid I know the answer to this question. Whose stock are you buying right now? I think I think you guys know. <laughs> no, thank you. He's buying Sungjae because Sungjae was practicing the other day. <laughs> no, he's buying speed stock. It's not. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not Sungjae. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end up at the end of all this with just you know fifty cent speed stock, just holding it, and he's gonna be playing. He's screaming at playing, people at the street corner. <laughs> Repent. Yeah, he's gonna be playing like the Latino America, and then he'll pop up for the masters once a year. And that's going to be like all we see of him. Um, yeah, I continue to buy speed stock. I just, there's never been a guy that good, that young that hasn't eventually recovered. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm taking the Titanic is going to the bottom of the ocean and I'm going down with it. So I hate to, I hate to even say this. Um, I kind of agree <laughs> with this. I, I think that, Jordan Spieth has been in such a struggle and, and, and he's one of these guys that is graded on wins and he's graded on major victories that because he has put himself in that echelon. So when you go, what are we now? Two and a half years without a win. Um, I, I feel like I've been saying two and a half wins, two and a half years for like six or eight months. It might be longer than that now, but two, almost two three. And, yeah. Okay. So almost three years without a win. And, and I actually think like, he needs he needs a hard reset and this is unfortunately the way it might have to be done where everybody is off and he can be grinding he can make any major switches that he needs to make in his game i trust him to be an absolute grinder mark like i this kid's never going to give give up like i know that about him so like i actually think i agree with Kyle i i think i'm buying jordan speed stock 
Yeah, it's it's a smart move. I mean, uh, I, I wish we had we would sort of said, okay, well, this is what players are worth because you know right now the way things have been trending for Spieth, he would be uh, a fairly uh, cost-effective stock. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm sure Sungjae would be overpriced if you're going to use that metric, <laughs> but I got to go. I got to go with Sungjae. Um, I'm always considering Webb Simpson because he has figured out what he has got to do and. And in chatting with him the other day, talking about how he approaches par five scoring and stuff, I mean, the, the guy is the guy knows what he's got to do, and he's figured out the, the the conundrum that is professional golf. And he's come back from a Spieth sort of a slump, so he's figured out the way. But still, I'm going to lean towards Colin Morikawa. I mean, this boy has the world at his feet right now. He's got just a fantastically just just a fundamentally sound golf swing. He's got a wonderful demeanor for it. And and he just seems to be taking stuff in his stride. And what he hasn't missed a cut yet on the PGA Tour. So out of all of that, I'm going to go with Morikawa. How many top 25 players are you going to name? Morikawa's <laughs> on the top 25. Well, top 40, whatever. Speed, by the way. Okay. I got some numbers for you for speed. He's uh, this is this is almost like it. It's almost impossible to do this. Um, he's 10th in strokes gained around the green this year. So basically, if Victor Hovland had his his around the green game, he'd be the number one player in the world. Uh, I had a million dollars, you know, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. Well, you've <laughs> keep going. So he's he's tenth in strokes gained around the green, and yet he's still a hundred and sixty first from tee to green. Oh boy, that That's means, it, that, that means the ball striking is so bad. One ninety fifth off the tee and one hundred ninety eighth uh, with his irons. To quote a fellow Texan, Lee Trevino, there are two things that don't last: dogs that chase cars and professional golfers who chip and putt for pars. Mm. Yeah, and Hard to argue. that's that's why Spieth is about to be ranked below Victor Hovland. It's funny, you know, Sung JM came up. Sung JM is, yeah, probably at like his 52 week high price right now. But with the ceiling that he has, he probably just keeps smashing that number, right? Like, if whatever his stock number is now, he would just continue to, you know, he's, he's like Apple. Like, he's just going to keep going up. So let's flip did this, you, boys. Did you see the, did you see the video on social media? Someone had said, don't worry, guys, Sung Jae is still practicing. And there was a picture of Sung Jae and his short pants hitting balls in the range somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's so great. Uh, all right, here's the opposite. Stock down. This is whose stock are we selling or staying away from? Uh, even with this little discount, we're not buying into Kyle Porter. You get to go first as usual. Whose stock are you down on? I'm uh, I'm selling Kepka. Ooh. I've been selling Kepka. I've been just unloading Kepka shares all over the place. I might be the reason that the the Kepka market is falling. <laughs> it's uh, crashing. <laughs> yeah, I just I I'm I don't know, man. I'm out. Like he it's not there. And you know, again, like I, I can't I can't make the argument about Spieth and then turn around and not make it about Kepka. Like I think if you're that good at that age, you eventually find it, but I think the difference with Kepka is there's been some injuries there. There's some I, I just feel like there's some question marks that that people are kind of brushing over. And yeah, I he's just he's not like his world ranking and, and the way that people are viewing him is lagging uh what his performance has been. And 
So I just, I, I want to sell and get out ahead of it. That's interesting. I, I generally agree, but because of how young he is, how good he is, like he's going to, he's, he's going to win so much more, I feel like, but I, I do think he's not the number one player in the world for a long time type of deal. I hate to, I hate to even mention this. I am not in on tiger stock right now. And we kind of talked I'm about this. You. Yeah. We kind of talked about this earlier, Mark. And I think you make a really good point. You know, the whole father time thing being undefeated and another year goes by. And uh, speaking of guys who are only graded on victories and only graded on majors, that's a tough report card when you're missing time like this. And he's going to be what? 45. I don't know how old he is. Something like 45. that. 45. 45. So that that's the direction I'm headed, Mark. You know what? Um, you guys know the stance that I take up, but there's things that concern me with professional golfers, professional athletes, but especially golfers, injury, age, and doubt. And so in that vein, I, I'm, I'm sort of down on Tiger. There was just too much doubt um, with the back injury. And, and I think this break across the middle of the season, thanks to this horrendous virus, is doing Tiger a favor, but time marches on. So I'm down on Tiger, and then I'm also down on Justin Rose, which is difficult for me to say because he, he's the ultimate technician. He's always working on his technique. But with that being said, um, when you start changing on golf clubs and stuff like this, and you leave contracts and things like that, that speaks to me that there's the search going on. Just like with Spieth, you start looking here and you're looking there and you're lifting this rock and you're uncovering that. And and, and it it it's not panic, but it's to a place where it's like I'm trying everything. And so I'm down on, on Justin Rose right now because it seems to me like with a club change, change and such, uh, there, there's just a little unsettledness in the camp. Yeah, that's the doubt that you mentioned. Seems mm -hmm. like he doesn't doesn't trust it. Okay, gentlemen, that is uh, the first part of the show, which is our 2020 first Custy Awards for the Cutty. superlatives. The Cuddies. Custy. So Custies, sorry, Custies, Cuddies. Sounds like something uh, you'd buy in Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> the Custies uh, are, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we are going to head over to look at uh, the 2020 majors market, the odds market, as we know it currently, which this will all probably change. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. 
there's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to look forward to the major season. We're going to look at the current odds and see if there's anything that kind of jumps out at us here. And, of course, all of this being prefaced with we don't really know when these are going to happen. We're hoping they're going to happen at some point, but we don't really know. Uh, let's start with odds to win the Masters, and all of these are via William Hill. Uh, Rory is still the betting favorite gentleman. He is six and a half to one, followed by John Rahm at 11. Tiger Woods at 12 to one, which based on our recent conversation, <laughs> I'm not sure that's a number that I would be touching. And then the top five is rounded out by, by Justin Thomas at 14 to one and Dustin Johnson at 16 to one. Kyle. With what we know now, because you and I did a show before the season started, it was like the way too early 2020 preview, and we went through who we think was going to win these majors. I don't remember who you had for the Masters. We might have to pull that one, but how are you feeling today at the end of uh, last week of March or so? Yeah, I had Rory uh, winning the Masters. I think I think there's some really interesting numbers here. I think, I think Rory makes sense at, what is that, 13 to 2? Yeah. Um, but I think there's some guys that don't make a ton of sense to me. I go down to, I think Fowler at 30 to one is actually kind of a bargain, even though he he's not been great. But if you look, I think he's like fourth or fifth all time in terms of scoring average at Augusta national, uh, minimum like 30 rounds or something like that. It's like tiger, Phil, Jason day and Fowler are your top four. I think, uh, I think, I think Webb Simpson at 40 is, uh, is a really good play. He finished. I mean, it was like the quietest T five of all time, but he finished fifth last year. And then there was another one, Justin Thomas at 16, I think is super, or uh, excuse me, 14. He's improved ever, or he's, his, uh, position has improved every single year at Augusta that he's played. And I just think, I think he should be more in that, like kind of the tiger slot or, or maybe even where John Rahm is at 11 to one. So based on our conversation before the year, I already have a Justin Thomas ticket at 20 to one. So I am uh, I very, love it. I love very it. happy to see him down to 14 now. Uh, Mark, I, I obviously still like that Justin Thomas number. I mean, Bryson is 28 to one. I feel like he's just trending towards and, and you know, there's nothing Bryson would love more than to put on a green jacket. That guy would just just geeks out over all of this. He has played well, uh, uh, Brasson, a few years ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. Everything he was leading then fell foul there on the 18th and made triple or whatever the case might be. That so, was the that was the year the Masters didn't happen in 2016. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. Bryson's never finished in the top 10 in a major, by the way. Yeah, I think that That's may surprising. change pretty soon, uh, especially with the way he's driving the ball because Augusta National lets you drive it some. You know, it lets you go ahead and air it out. So, so, so I think that's a pretty good call there. Me, as I scroll farther down the list, I mean, you're talking about the favorites and such, and, and the way Rory's playing, you've got to have a flutter. I think uh, I think Hideki Matsuyama, 25 to 1, is not a bad deal. But looking down the list here, at 1,000 to 1, and I'm going to put a dollar on this, okay? They've got my brother ranked 
a similar odds as Andy Ogletree, James Segru, Lucas Michel, John Augustine, who's an amateur, they're all amateurs, and Abel Galagos. So with my brother at a thousand to one, I'm going to go and put a dollar on that. Uh, like as soon as we're done with this, who's who's Abel Galagos? Not so sure. Uh, what, Larry, you know, what's his Larry strokes gained? Ma- what's his strokes gained? I'm sure what? he doesn't qualify. <laughs> Larry Mize and uh, Tiger Woods have made the same number of cuts at Augusta in the last five years. Yeah, baby. Oh, out of the day. Yeah, former former golf instructor Larry Mize. Just saying. That's wild. All right, 2020 PGA Championship, gentlemen. So currently postponed, uh, supposed to be played at Harding Park. Uh, I guess we'll see when this happens. Rory, it's it's the same guys, right? It's Rory, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. This is where Tiger finally drops down to the sixth favorite. I will tell you this, Kyle, uh, and all of these bets. You know, this is going to be the year that these ma- that these majors don't happen because all these bets that I have from before the year are getting so much better. I have Sungjae at one hundred and forty to one, and he's currently mm. forty to one to win this event. Yeah, that's that's tasty. Didn't you didn't you pick um, didn't you pick Gary Woodland? Uh, that sounds about right. I, I, I would, I don't know, but I would absolutely believe I pick would pick Gary Woodland for this. I I think it's interesting that Rory is eight to one here, but 13 to two at Augusta. I I would think that his odds would be better at, at Harding park at a PGA than they would be at Augusta. I I don't, maybe it's cause it's not happy on pioneer greens, brother. Well, he won won match play at Harding park, right? Yeah. But the match play you're playing is one guy. How many guys do you face throughout a bracket of 64? Well, Hey, Maybe by the time, maybe by the time this thing is played, we can convince the PJ of America to, to switch the thing to match play. Oh, <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be great. I, it'd, I, be, I think, it'd be it'd be amazing. I think Woodland at fifty to one is a good shot. You know, obviously one just down the track, some at Pebble Beach there on similar greens. I'm looking at guys like Leishman and, and company over there because those the, those Pioneer greens mitigates um, mitigate some of the putting things. Now Leishman's a good putter, but uh, when I saw that place a few months ago, already the rough was punitive, and you're going to have to you're going to have to keep it in play pretty well. And a lot of holes sort of turn in directions that are uncomfortable for the right-hander, which I found curious given Rory won the match player there. So I think Leishman at sixty to one is a pretty good shot. I think uh, I think Pat Reed at thirty-five is pretty good. Did uh, you just say you're considering Patrick Reed? My Lord. Yeah, I mean, I'll do, I, I don't... I'll do whatever it takes, Kyle. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, he will do whatever it takes. I, when it comes to to you know getting my picks right and and making a few dollars, Mark, I'm I'm agnostic about the about you know what whatever happens. Belief structure. <laughs> okay. uh, Tiger at 16, I wouldn't bet him at 160 to one to win this. I just that's I don't envision that. I think I think Hideki's been quietly playing really good golf. Him at 28 here, and I think he was 25 to win the Masters. I think both of those are pretty good, even though I don't, I just don't feel like he's ever going to win a major. U.S. Open. So speaking of uh, penal rough, uh, I, I assume that's what we're going to be seeing at Winged Foot. Uh, obviously, same guys here, right? Rory's eight to one here. So to, to Kyle's point, Rory's eight to one at the PGA Championship in the U.S. Open, but six and a half to one at uh the masters tiger checks in at 14 to 1 here i don't know i mean i to me sometimes i think the u.s open kyle can kind of like not that it gets out of hand but we've we've seen these courses play so difficult that it just adds such a a a random aspect to it in my opinion that it's this this look me looking at this board is the one i'm most confused about 
Can you give me everybody on the board at 50, between 50 and 70? So that's Sungjae, Matt Kuchar, Paul Casey, Mark Leishman, Stinson, T-Rell Hatton, Colin Morikawa, Louis Oosthuizen, and you don't have to give me Phil. He's in there. I'll take him, but I don't, I don't, I don't need him. Make sure that your book offers refunds if Phil does not qualify for the U.S. Open. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Uh, That might be a good strategy, Mark. Just get as many bullets as you can kind of down towards uh, the middle of this field because no one to me, I'm not running to the, to, you know, my computer to fire a better. I'm not going to Vegas to, to get one in like this. This to me is very difficult. Yeah, it is. The U.S. Open is always the toughest one to handicap because if you just miss a few fairways in the wrong spot, all of a sudden you're making a massive number. And, and it's with that being said, I, I talked about I was stock high. I was going I was going to buy his stock. And and here I'm, I'm glancing at 40 to one and Webb Simpson. I, I think I think that's a pretty decent bet there. If you put a couple hundred shekels over there, I think you might come out on the winning end. Shekels. Shekels. Love it. Love it. All right. Last one, gentlemen. Uh, Ryder Cup. I've got Ryder Cup odds here, believe it or not. And uh, we'll go to lift the trophy. No one wants a wants a tie. That's 12 to 1. No one wants that. So we're going with just to lift the trophy. The United States team, we don't know who's on it. We don't know when it's being played. We don't know where it's going to happen. Is minus 138. They're a small favorite over the European squad at plus 110. I mean, who? so Kyle, I don't know. If I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. Who would be like a game changer for either one of these teams in a Ryder Cup format? I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Hatton earlier. Yeah, Hat. Well, I, I don't see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have it pulled up. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I put you on the spot there. That's okay. no, no. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Here's the thing, and I'll bet Europe. Yeah, and I'm going to get Twitter hate. I'm ready for this. Bring it. I've got time during the day. I'll toss some names at you. <laughs> Fleetwood, Hatton. I mean, the list is ongoing, and these guys are all playing well. They've all proved, and and, and I think it's going to be easy for Captain Harrington to piece around because you've got the top four off the rankings, and then I think it's the top six off the world rankings, which brings in someone like a Wisberger, Lee Westwood, who's going to be dynamite in the team room, and then you've got the three picks. I I think this team will once again be undermanned if you look at them on paper, but the way they will pair off, even in the United States, I, I'd, I'd go and put money on Europe right now. Lee Westwood will be great in the team room, but uh, don't put him on the putting greens. Um, Do you want to bet? I would bet. Uh, I would bet Europe as well. I, I like that number. Yeah, they're 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 a real team. We kind of talked about this a little bit during the Presidents Cup. That I feel like they they squeeze. You know, the international team, the European team, that style of play. They squeeze as much juice out of the the lemon, so to speak, as possible. They can really get it done. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm over the U.S. Ryder Cup thing. Like I'm just over it. Like you're you, and look, they might win because of the way it's set up, whether that's played in 20 or 21 or whatever. But I just I'm I'm just in on Europe. Like I, they're, they're better. They, they've figured it out. They're more cohesive. Rory's not talking about, well, we were playing a different ball and like the spin (laughs) wasn't good. Get the hell out of here. Like, what are you talking about? You're like the fifth best player in the world. Just go play golf. I don't know why I'm so fired up right now. Why am I yelling? Yeah. I think we need another 60 minutes. He's all, he's ready to rock and roll now. He's warmed up. Okay. Okay, ask a speed question. Let's see where he goes. <laughs> no, I just, I just, the the U.S. Ryder Cup thing. It just, I, I don't, I don't know. The Paris thing still has me just worked up because I thought it was such a, it was just, it was kind of a joke. Like he, I, I just, 
I, I think that I think the European team is so galvanized around guys like Rory and not just him, but also guys like Stinson. They just don't make excuses. They just go out and freaking play, you know. And I, I was I was standing next to Rory whenever the U.S. won in uh, sixteen at Hazeltine, and his response to it. I've probably told this story before. His his response to it was so weird because. Nobody was like nobody on the U.S. side knew what to do, and the fans didn't really know what to do. And he 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 was like having to like explain to people like you know it's time to cheer, like literally like telling people hey it's time to cheer because you just won. Like he 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 just I think he just gets that whole thing in a way that the U.S. team never really has. And I think that I don't know I think that matters. All right, we're going to let Kyle go cool off, and that'll do it for this episode of The First Cut. We're calling on you, the listeners. Hop in the ratings and review. Drop a little five-star while you're in there. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. We're getting creative for the next couple of weeks. Uh, You can also tweet all of your Twitter hate at Mark underscore Immelman. He is specifically... He specifically asked for it. Also, you can find Kyle Porter on Twitter at KylePorterCVS. I'm at Rick Rungood, and we'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.